Welcome to Socialette, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in launching and online marketing. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a corporate dropout turned launch strategist, helping you launch your digital products simply and successfully so you can reach more people, grow your audience, and become the go-to brand in your space. Want to swipe my signature launch framework? Download my free ebook, The Complete Roadmap for a Killer Launch at stephtaylor.co forward slash roadmap. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 380. Today, I've got another guest for you, another one of my Launch Magic students, Pam Hurd, who won the Launch Magic Challenge last year, or last year going into this year, the last round that I ran of Launch Magic. She tied for first place, and I got to sit down and chat with her about how her launch panned out. And it's a really interesting conversation because I often talk about how it's not a big deal if your first launch doesn't go to plan, if you don't get any sales, if things, you know, if, if it's a flop, quote unquote. So it's a really interesting conversation that I had with Pam because her launch didn't go to plan, but now she's learned some things from it and she knows where to go back and what to do differently so that her next launch is better. So I'm hoping that for those of you who have had a launch that hasn't gone to plan either in the past or you're currently in one, I hope that listening to Pam's episode will provide some really good insights for you as to what you can do next in your launch. So sit down and get your pen and paper out and get ready to take some notes because here we have Pam Hurd. All right, Pam, welcome to Socialette. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. For my listeners who don't know who you are, what you do, I would love for you to share with my audience, who are you and what exactly do you do? My name is Pam, obviously, and I wear many different hats, but in my personal life, I'm a mum, single mum, you know, I love to play hockey uh, and I love to drink wine and eat cheese, which Mm. is probably... (laughs) Not such a great kind of introduction considering I'm a naturopath, nutritionist and personal trainer and I help women with burnout. So I help them overcome it and make sure that they get off that vicious cycle and merry-go-round of, you know, the burnout wheel. I love that. Oh, and I love that you love wine and cheese. I think there's definitely a lot of magic in balance. And I mean, I'm a big fan of wine and cheese. I think you could have, have your wine, have your cheese, but you know, do your workouts as well. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, you've probably seen me in all my glory at some point. (laughs) So Pam, you were my, one of my winning students in launch magic and that was really exciting. So when you um, when you joined Launch Magic, how were you feeling about your business? How were you feeling about launching? What was it that really inspired you to sign up? So I wanted to be doing uh, a burnout course for such a long period of time, but I guess like I don't know, it always kind of went on the back burner. Mm. When you brought out your course, I was like, okay, this is something that's really going to make me do the work um, and you know launch it basically. 
Yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. So, you know, that prioritizing client work, prioritizing life admin, prioritizing everything over and above actually launching the product. So had you already created your product or did you sign up for Launch Magic with the intention of creating and launching at the same time? I'd actually had it written out for probably a good 18 months, just the framework of what I actually wanted to present. And then I think through Launch Magic, I just basically fine-tuned that um, Mm. because I guess like when you're looking at burnout, a lot of people can get very overwhelmed with too much information. So for me, you know, just looking and going through that course, I thought, oh, geez, I really have to simplify this for everybody. Mm, So you were creating a course, you'd outlined it, but you hadn't actually recorded anything. No, I hadn't done any of the really hard legwork. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair enough. I think often we start creating something and it's really exciting and we start outlining it and we're like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And then it starts, we get to the bits where it gets a little bit difficult. And then we're like, oh, let's just put that on the back burner. I have done that so many times. I don't know (laughs) if you could relate to that, but I've done it a few times. (laughs) I think I've got a book which has got all my ideas on it and probably about half of them have never come to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Me too. I think, I think that's the curse of the entrepreneur though. We have too many ideas and not enough time to actually execute those ideas. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I, the same as you, like I work face-to-face and online with a lot of clients and sometimes that is obviously the priority because that's what brings in the money for you. So mm-hmm. all these other things that you know, essentially are going to create money for you in the long run, probably don't get produced as soon as we would like it to. Yeah. So how did you, after, I mean, obviously like signing up for Launch Magic didn't actually create any extra time in your life. I mean, I'd love to be able to give you guys an extra few hours each week, but obviously it didn't do that. So how did you start to set aside that time and start to find that time? Like, what did you have to sacrifice? Watching TV. Yeah, so I did a lot of my time um, with the Launch Magic course at night um, after the kids had gone to bed. So I really set aside, you know, an hour a couple of times a week just to nut down and um, go through everything that I needed to do. Yeah, okay. So you really like the time that you would have spent relaxing and, you know, like doing, um, doing the things that uh, I suppose in some ways like self-care, you sacrifice that. Is that right? Yeah, I did to a certain extent. I like I, I didn't do every single night because I didn't have mm. to do that. Um, but yeah. there were certain nights that I didn't have, you know, say going to hockey or something along those lines that I did put aside some time. And then if I found, you know, if I could during my day when I didn't maybe had some client space that somebody didn't book in, I would use that time as well. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So going into your very first launch, was this actually, was this your first time launching anything? It was the first time launching a course. I've done Mm -hmm. um, a three free day challenge before, so I've launched that. Um, So just, yeah, kind of a little bit different, um, not as much work. (laughs) (laughs) And launching something free is so different because you're giving people something for free rather than asking them to pay for something. So there's a lot less of that mindset around having to sell. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably a big thing for people. It's like, it's always those fears of, what if nobody buys it or nobody wants it or, you know, all of that stuff, those insecurities that pop up for you. 
That segues beautifully into my next question I was going to ask you, which was what were some of those fears going into the launch? That nobody really wanted the product. But mm. I guess like going through launch magic and, you know, asking certain questions and just being aware of what I should really be asking, I knew that this was a product that a lot of people would want and do want. Um, and, you know, not everybody wants to work one-on-one. So this is just another way that you have a supportive group environment um, to help you, you know, you can relate to other people too. Mm. Was it scary going out there and talking to people and interviewing them for to get that research? Because I personally find it really scary. I know some people love it. I'm like, ah, I find it scary, but I still tell my students to do it because it's so valuable. But how did you find that process? Yeah, I did find it a little confronting at times. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I do essentially survey my people that come into clinic anyway and I find out what challenges um, are coming up for them and, you know, what is essentially going on with their life because what I see in clinic, they're essentially my ideal client for this course. So Mm. I had a bit of an understanding, but I guess not, I didn't go as in-depth as probably some of the questions that... um, I asked during, you know, the launch magic course. Were there any big aha moments or like big insights that you got from talking to your audience that you would be happy to share? Yeah, I mean, definitely people don't want to be overwhelmed with information because I think, you know, you have so many tabs open when you're feeling burnt out that adding too many more tabs, it just feels like, oh, my God, I can't cope with this. (laughs) So, Yes. (laughs) So that was one thing for me. It was like, okay, I just need to make sure that I don't overload them and this course is not so long that they don't feel like they can stick to it. I mean, I'm all about setting realistic expectations because I'm a huge believer in living as well. So that just allowed me to really fine-tune what I needed to be teaching um, and making sure that, you know, they didn't have to set aside so much time during the week to be able to do it. It just needed to be really kind of short and sharp but also feel supported through that time too. Mm, I love that. I think it's quite a difficult mindset shift to make as a course creator, going from wanting to give them as much content as you can and as much value as you can. And and like almost, um, almost saying like, well, the more content I give them, the more value they're going to get out of it. Shifting from that mindset into, well, how can I just get them the result that they want to get as easily and as quickly as possible without overwhelming them with content? Did you find that to be quite a difficult mindset shift to make? And like, how did you, how did you find the whole process of streamlining the amount of actual content that you taught without feeling like you were delivering less value? Yeah, so I think it's mainly just staying quite focused um, on what the main points is that I really wanted to make Um, because, yeah, I mean, I could, you could go so in-depth and just it leads you down like a rabbit hole, right? There's so much information that I could give, but then they would be like, oh, my God, well, this is just way too much. I just can't handle it. So I think one of the biggest things is I've got some really good Nat friends. A couple of them actually did the course as well. So I just found some ideas off them and I found that really, really helpful about where I needed to kind of pull back my information and what other areas that I needed to maybe expand on that Mm -hmm. I really kind of wasn't aware of. Mm. And I mean, as well as like when you go down those rabbit holes, as well as overwhelming your students, it also overwhelms you as the course creator. And then you never actually end up finishing creating it. You never launch it out there. And 
how are you going to provide any value to anyone with a course that's not even finished? (laughs) I mean, that's like, that's the first thing. And then the other thing is they never finish it. Your students don't finish it if they're feeling overwhelmed. So they don't get that value. So I love that you actually recognized those things and that you, you were good at just getting the main points across. Um, So Let's talk about your actual launch. I know you said it didn't go as well as you or you told me before when we were chatting before we hit record, it didn't go as well as you were hoping it to. So how do you feel about that? Without sounding like a therapist, Pam, how does that make you feel? <laughs> but how, um, how did you feel when your course launch didn't go how you wanted it to go? Look, there's always an element of disappointment, right? Because Mm -hmm. I think you pour your heart and soul into kind of everything that you do and you always want it to go well. But on the other side of things, I actually wasn't too disappointed as well. Um, Just because I can go back now and I can fine tune the things that maybe didn't go Mm -hmm. the way that I thought they would within the launch. Um, And I've actually outsourced some stuff to help me too. So that's just allowed me and given me that little bit more time um, to be able to outsource the things that I'm not really that good at. Yeah. What would you say have been the biggest learnings that you had from your launch? Because I, I personally reckon we learn more from the things that don't go to plan than the things that do go to plan. So I'd love to know, like, have there been any massive learnings that you had? Yeah. the One of the biggest one is uh, consistency for me. Like I think mm. you know, a lot of my tribe is on Facebook and I do definitely notice a, a shift like when I'm not posting consistently or I'm not showing up consistently um, with, you know, how my website's going, you know, the traffic that's going there and the bookings that I'm receiving within clinic. So I found that if I wasn't consistent with that, um, it really made a huge impact on my launch. Yeah, interesting. Would you say there were any big mistakes that you made? Have you have you had the chance to sit down and go back and review your launch? Yeah, so some of the biggest probably mistakes is giving too much information, um, particularly mm-hmm. the free information um, and just not keeping it as simple as I probably should have. That's really interesting because I think a lot of people, probably a lot of people listening to this episode are uh, in, they have this idea that you have to give lots and lots and lots of information away for free. And I mean, certainly we're told that a lot, uh, told that by a lot of the experts online, you know, you've got to give away your best information for free. If you were to do things differently, which you will do in your next launch, but what would you, how, how would you approach that differently? Would you give less information? Is there like a different strategy that you would try? I definitely would give less information and maybe ask more questions um, in the relation of like, you know, do you feel this way instead of like giving them a solution straight off the bat um, Mm. and kind of engaging them that way and, you know, making them basically understand that the way that they're feeling isn't normal um, and we Mm. don't have to put up with that. And then, you know, in relation, just warming them a little bit more and then saying, hey, I've got the solution as opposed to giving heaps of free information um, and saying, oh, yeah, I've still got a solution as well. Yeah, right. Because after all, you know, if we give them too much free information, they take that information and they think, great, cool, I've got enough now. I There's nothing else that I need 
to be able to go and solve this problem myself. They think they've got all, they think they've got everything they need. They'll go and try and implement that. And then they won't get the results that they want. And we've actually done them a disservice because now they feel like they've failed at it and they feel like it's not for them. Yeah, absolutely. And particularly, you know, when you can go and Google a lot of stuff now that, (laughs) you know, Dr. Google can be, you know, quite conflicting in some areas, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't really give you that personalized approach as to what I can give people. Mm. Oh, I mean, this is, it's so funny because so many people come to me and they're like, I don't have a product, you know, like people can already find what I teach on Google. And I'm like, well, yeah, you can find basically anything on Google these days. Is that information reliable? Is it going to get them there any quicker? Is it going to get them results? Most of the time, probably not. You know, people having to piece together all of the stuff that they're finding on Dr. Google isn't going to get them that end result that they want. So yeah, I I completely (laughs) agree with that. How, um, let's, let's change tack a little bit here. How did you feel about having to present a webinar? Were you excited about it? Was that something you were a little bit afraid of? No, because I really like public speaking. So uh, you're one of those people. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those ones. Um, so that didn't that didn't phase me at all. Um, and I feel that you know when you're having your slides and things like that, that just keeps me so structured and I can just stay on track. Um, mm. So that yeah, that didn't really phase me. <laughs> oh, I love that. And did you like, so you, enjo- you really enjoyed actually teaching it. Did you find that your audience was quite engaged? Was that, was there anything that you would do differently in your webinar? Yeah, I definitely think I need to make some tweaks in my webinar, um, basically to hook them a little bit more. Um, so I will go back and fine tune them, um, and maybe just change some of the wording as well. So, you know, I'm going to be working with a copywriter to help you know, those types of things and then just, yeah, tweaking a couple of couple of things. So that'll be good. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. I, I love teaching webinars. I'm kind of, I get really nervous about them, but then once I'm actually doing them, I'm like, oh, this is really fun. I'm really enjoying this. And then afterwards it's like, that was great. Why do I not do these more often? But I know a lot of people find the whole idea of being live online to potentially strangers, virtual strangers, they find that to be incredibly terrifying. But yeah, I, I, I one day I'll, I'll love public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Pam, let's, let's, um, were, were there any, were there any parts of your launch that you thought like, oh, this was an absolute game changer. This had much better results than I expected it would? Like any content that you posted or any tactics you tried, anything like that? Sometimes, you know, the content that you think would be just completely bombing it um, is the Mm. content that gets the most engagement. So it was really interesting when I went back over and I was like, oh my God, how did that do so well? Are there any that you can think of off the top of your head? Yeah, some really stupid memes. (laughs) You know, just about exhaustion and the way that you're feeling um, and, you know, just I think being really relatable to people, um, those memes, I don't know, that for me they just get such good engagement and lots of comments and I think, oh, my God, that was so silly. <laughs> it's funny. I know. It's funny how 
It's funny how the algorithms work. I find that as well. And I find like sometimes, especially with reels these days, like I'll put a lot of time into creating a reel and it won't perform as well as one that took me like 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So so who knows? Who knows how these things work? And so on the flip side, was there anything that you did that you, that had worse results than you expected it to? Yeah, I honestly thought that um, from my kind of free day challenge and things, because I threw that into the mix, I actually thought, because I offered them the program as well, and Mm -hmm. I thought that, you know, as part of my nurture sequence, a lot of people would kind of take that up as a progression to to help them get further results. Um, And I was pretty disappointed about the amount of people that obviously didn't take up that offer. Yeah, that's interesting. So is that something you'll tweak next time? Yeah, I'm going to tweak my whole kind of nurture sequence as well um, and change my opt-in and just do things completely different Uh, because sometimes I think, you know, as you know, we have to test these things to see how they work and if they are going to work. So Mm. I'm going to completely change that and see what results I get from it. Mm, I love that. I always recommend just testing one thing at a time. Well, one th- I recommend testing different things you can measure, but testing like a few major things at once and knowing and being able to track what, um, being able to track like the results of each thing that you're testing. So, you know, like, oh, it was changing the nurture sequence that had a big impact rather than changing everything at once, if that makes sense. Um, but I like that you have this mindset of cool. Okay. That didn't work. Let me go back and test it and see what I can do differently and see if I can do better next time. So I like, I really love that mindset. Do you think that was a mindset that you had before you started doing launch magic or is it something that you developed along the way? No, I'm definitely somebody that will just keep trying until um, I get the results that I want. So that's never, I love it. Yeah. It's never kind of been an issue for me. And, you know, like my strength is sometimes not some of the business stuff. That's why I outsource. Mm. My strength is seeing clients and helping them get the results that they want. Um, So I think because I didn't outsource some of the areas that I'm not so good at, that probably played a bit of an impact um, as well in my launch. Yeah, definitely. With um, Let's start talking a little bit about launch magic because I know a lot of the people who are listening to this episode, they're like, oh, like Pam, you're one of the launch magic students. What is it actually like inside the course? They're probably wondering all of those things. So what did you find the most valuable about launch magic? I just love that everything was set out for me and I'm such a spreadsheet kind of girl. So I love the <laughs> spreadsheets. <laughs> oh yes. For anyone who's listening and doesn't know my, we don't have worksheets. We have spreadsheets. <laughs> uh, no, I, um, I loved creating those spreadsheets and because I was originally going to do worksheets and then I thought, you know what? Everyone has PDF worksheets scattered everywhere. They're difficult to type into. Let's just put them in Google sheets, make them really easy And honestly, it was the best decision. So I love that. Uh, Did you think like going into Launch Magic, did you think you'd already know a lot of the content? Was there anything that really surprised you? I thought I knew some of the content, but, you know, I didn't realize how deep I had to go into my ideal client to obviously get the results and the kind of wording and how they felt 
um, what mm. language they were using. I, I didn't really dive too much into that previously, whereas this time I was like, oh, geez, I actually need to go and talk to people a little bit more, <laughs> not just automatically assume like this is what they're going through just because I've experienced it. Yeah, it's... It, it's quite difficult, I think, when we are when when the problem that we solve is something we have experienced ourselves. And I speak from experience because I'm also like what I teach is exactly what I've been through, and I know you've personally been through burnout as well. It, it's really hard to not come at it from our own experience or our experience as the expert. And to start thinking about it from our ideal customer's perspective. Like, did you find it really hard to step out of that expert, those expert shoes and into your ideal customer's shoes? Yeah, I did. Because I've experienced it, I thought, and I know a lot about it, you kind of think that you um, know everything that somebody's experiencing. But, you know, even my logical brain knows that everybody experiences things 100% differently and there's no kind of right or wrong or, um, answer to it. So for me, it was kind of like, oh, geez, I need to go a little bit deeper into this because my experience is probably clouding what I'm putting into my content. Mm. Yeah. And I think also the way that we describe like the problem that the that our ideal customer is dealing with, the way the language that we use, all of that kind of thing is very different to how they experience it and describe it themselves. So paying attention to the kind of words that they use, you know, I, I, I don't know your ideal customer, Pam, but maybe they don't even use the word burnout. Maybe they're just like, oh, I'm exhausted. I don't know. <laughs> but did you find it valuable listening to the words that they used to describe it? And was there anything there that surprised you? Yeah, they definitely don't use burnout to describe it because mm. they don't know what burnout is, right? They just come with a list of symptoms and then you explain what's basically going on for them. So then the most of it is, I am, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. Like I just don't feel like I can give anything else to anyone else. Like my cup is full. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas if you were coming at it from that expert perspective, you'd be like, yeah, like here's a course to help with your burnout. Meanwhile, your audience is like, I don't have burnout, I'm just tired. <laughs> Yeah, that's exa- uh, exactly right. And that's why like, I, um, I'm going to tweak the name of my course as well because um, basically people in burnout are just surviving, right? They're just doing what they need to do to get through life. They're not really kind of understanding what burnout is. Yeah, that's oh, that'll be interesting. I'm interested to hear how your next launch goes with that. Once, um, So back to wh- when you first started implementing the content and the things that you learned inside Launch Magic, what were a couple of the first changes that you started noticing in your business? Yeah, I mean, I definitely noticed that um, I was more consistent and I was getting more clients in through the door as well. So that's always a good thing. And also I was getting more traffic to my website. Um, So there's some really positive things that came out of it. Yeah, interesting. It's funny how when we start showing up and sharing that content regularly, even if we're not intentionally trying to get more clients, we're trying to get people to buy our courses, we end up getting a lot more client inquiries. I get this as well. And it's 
it, it just blows my mind. I'm like, no, don't, I don't, I don't need more clients. I just need somebody to buy my course. <laughs> <laughs> um, before you signed up for Launch Magic, Pam, was there anything that you were unsure about? Anything that you were like, oh, I'm not sure if this is right for me, anything like that? Uh, no, not so much. Like I knew that the course was right for me. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I went to your webinar to see what free stuff you were giving away. Because <laughs> um, I kind of like had an idea of what was kind of going to happen. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I guess going into my launch, I, I knew it was going to be hard work, but I didn't realize how much work I would obviously have to put into it. Yeah, interesting. But you still you still managed to put in the work despite having kids, despite being a single mom, despite having clients, you know, like all of the things that a lot of people would would use to, as excuses to stop them from implementing and from putting in that work. You've not only put in that work, but you've got that tenacity and the um what's the word? Not resilience, the um, persistence to say, well, you know what? I've put that work in once and it didn't go to plan. That's cool. I'm going to revisit it. I'm going to relaunch it and it's going to be better next time. Do you think it's going to be, would you say that like the bulk of your work is already done and the next time you launch it now, it's going to be a lot easier? Yeah, hundred percent. It's going to be a lot easier. Um, so there won't be as much probably work that I have to do because I can just repurpose a lot of things. Um, and then just bringing those other people to help me kind of tweak stuff. So mm. I, I don't feel overwhelmed at all with my next launch. When you say you're bringing in other people, who are you outsourcing? Like what kind of areas are you outsourcing? Uh, Facebook ads and copywriting. Awesome. Yep. Is there any particular reason why you chose those two? Yeah, uh, definitely with the copywriting. I think that, you know, writing is probably not my strength. <laughs> uh, and to get good, engaging copy, I think, is uh, something that I'm definitely not good at. Um, and Facebook ads for me is just, I mean, it's forever changing and it's just not something that I really want to spend time learning, to be honest. No, I totally understand that. I mean, I, I, so I still run my own Facebook ads, but I don't do my own copy anymore. And getting that off my plate has saved me so much time. Like it was the, the actual writing part didn't take me that long, but it was the hours that I spent procrastinating and not sitting down and writing. <laughs> that was the biggest waste of time. So I could definitely relate to that. And I think, yeah, I think copy is probably one of the best places to first start outsourcing because it is, it does have a very big impact on your launch. If you can get, if you can't get that messaging right, then, or, or communicate it, the messaging in the right way, then that can really be the thing that stops people from buying. So I think that's a very wise decision on your part. Um, was there any reason you chose not to outsource for your first launch? It was um, time um, mm. because I wanted to launch, uh, launch by a certain date. So that was one yeah. time. And then obviously um, I, like I had a few copywriters in mind after speaking to you and they're just not available. So mm. I just decided that, okay, I'll just do it this time and then write, 
I know kind of what to expect from a launch, what kind of work I need to be doing and where I need to be outsourcing. So let's just do it myself first and then look at my next launch, get it all sorted um, and really kind of hit it hard. That's the thing with copywriters. Like a good copywriter is basically a unicorn. And when you find a good one, they book up months in advance. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I've had that issue in the past as well. Awesome. Well, Pam, it has been an absolute pleasure having you here on the podcast. Are there any parting, parting bits of wisdom that you would like to share with people who are planning to launch in the future? Yeah, I definitely think that having the structure of your course was highly beneficial. It just made things so much easier for me. Um, I love the spreadsheet and just being able to go in, you do the work, everything's set out for you and you didn't really have to think too much outside that box. You just basically had to be committed and go and do the work. So I think if you're kind of sitting on the fence from uh, do I do launch magic, do I don't do it, it's definitely beneficial. And the fact that you can keep going back in and, um, you know, kind of revisiting the content is a huge bonus as well. Because, you know, things do change, but you will Mm. update the course. And I think that's really positive that we've got kind of lifetime access. And so I can always revisit that content if I'm like, okay, maybe I missed something the first time. Let me rewatch that video and maybe I'll pick up something else from it. Yeah. And I mean, another thing is obviously all the Launch Magic students will have access to future live rounds. So like, Pam, you can join the next, uh, next round, show up to the live calls and everything even though you signed up last round. Um, that was something I decided. I think it was like in the last the last group call. I was like, oh, I miss, I'm going to miss everyone. I want to be able to see you guys again. <laughs> so come to my live calls in the future. <laughs> so yeah. it's not just the recordings that you have lifetime access to. You have lifetime access to the future live calls that I do. Yeah, and I think that's really important because we all have different questions at different parts of our journey, right? So in future, I I highly um, suspect that I'm going to have different questions that I'm going to want you to answer. Mm. So for me, like that's, I mean, that is such a big bonus because I know that when you do the next round, if I'm struggling with something, I can go in and I can ask you. Exactly. And also the the new students in the next round, will learn so much from students like you, Pam, who've already been through and launched. And I I know for sure a huge number of my audience are afraid that they're going to launch and fail. And if they can see somebody like you who's had a launch that didn't go to plan and see your mindset and see like, oh, okay, like Pam's still alive, (laughs) you know, like the, the world didn't end just because Pam's launch didn't go how she wanted it to go. And they can, they can learn from your, your mindset and they can learn from your approach to relaunching. I think that is going to be so valuable for them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I met so many amazing people through Launch Magic, whom I still talk to now. So I think, you know, even going into future rounds and just making those really valuable connections, um, it's kind of priceless, to be honest. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. I love that. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much, Pam. Do you have any, like any freebies that my listeners with, with burnout, my listeners who are feeling tired and suspect they may be burnt out. (laughs) Do you, um, do you have any freebies for them or like, where can they find you? Any of those things? 
Yeah, so you can find me at my website. It's panherd.com. And I do have a nice little checklist for a freebie on there to find out kind of how tired and exhausted you possibly might be feeling. Um, So you can jump onto my website and check it out. And there's plus there's heaps of free information from my blog and also my podcast. Awesome. And where can they connect with you on social media? Yeah, so on social media for Facebook is Pam Heard Naturopath um, and also on Instagram is Pam underscore Naturopath. So check me out. Love it. Thank you so much, Pam. You have been fabulous. Thanks so much for having me, Steph. All right, friends, that is it for today's episode. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you have any friends who you think would love to hear about Socialette and learn some of the things I share on this podcast, I really do appreciate it when you tell your friends. I also love it when you guys leave me ratings and reviews. I read every single one of them and it warms me up inside (laughs) to read them, except for like the one random one star one that I got once. (laughs) That is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time.